a sword fight. You must think first, right? Before you move. Don't stay out. Sister, baby, and we are here to speak on what I view, which was literally the list that's literally that I've been working on for the last couple of days, which is finally done. And this is what you call last minute. I thought of two rappers at the last minute, well, maybe three or four last minute editions that I view. As the 50 most underrated rappers of all time. And this list, get your popcorn ready. Get your food ready. Get your KFC, get your McDonald's, get your 40. Whatever you drink, whatever you prefer. We're going to get this shit started. Now, underrated means that not enough people mention you for the skill set that you carry. Maybe it was career holdbacks. Maybe, you know, they stood out in a group but never officially released a solo album. Or maybe you were just overlooked while other artists came and went from out of hip hop. I'm not going to hold you for long. Let's get to it. Number 50. This dude is in one of the top five rap groups of all time. This guy. Is real rugged, raw, thought provoking. And he's just hella nice. Now, the person I decided to go with for number 50 is Big Boy from Outkast. Big Boy from Outkast 
I don't see him on many top 50 lists. We talking top 50 all time, which is, I, I have him like around that 25 to 30 range, maybe, maybe higher than that. I mean, this dude's flow is incredible. I mean, there's not a lot that I can say about Big Boy. I mean, his solo work speaks for itself. I mean, if you want to hear Big Boy at his best, I would say the last verse of Miss, Miss Jackson where, in my opinion, he held his own with Andre on that song. Um, I would say Hollywood Divorce, his verse from Hollywood Divorce, and the track General Patton. Like, those, that's Big Boy at his best right there. But before we move on to number 49, there are many omissions from this list that I definitely want to discuss before we get to number 49, y'all. Uh, Redman didn't make the list. I feel like Redman's top 100 most underrated, though. I would say CL Smooth, like, son, definitely underrated to have, like, one of the greatest hip-hop songs to be a part of one of the greatest hip-hop songs ever done. And not get much recognition in the rap community as a dope MC. It's kind of sad. And if y'all don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about um that motherfucker. Uh, they were reminisce over you, where he. This was pretty much like his record. Um, there's a couple more that I like erased. Foxy Brown, like. She was, um, I feel like Foxy Brown don't get enough credit because she was like, you know, and it was her attitude, basically, you know, she was embroiled in beefs and that overshadowed her great career because she never really put out a bad project. All right, now let's move on to number 49. My question is, how can you sell millions of records and be underrated? How can you be a commercial superstar? I'm guessing, I mean, I guess he'll probably, you could say he sold maybe 20, 30, 20 to 30 million records, right? Your debut album classic but yet you're on this list with all these people well here's why number 49 is will smith now laugh 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 all you want to it seems like will has been the butt of jokes his whole existence when he was rapping he was too soft but as a member of DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, that rap group, Will Smith was nice. And he was considered nice back then. But when he went solo, that's when he got the criticism from rappers. I mean, you know, Will came out 
in an unfortunate time where hardcore gangster rap was running the charts. Man, you had to be a thug, a bad boy, a killer, a drug dealer. And Will Smith didn't rap about that shit. He was just he was just rapping his ass off on songs and shit. I mean, from Men in Black to getting jiggy with it to fucking just cruising to just the two of us. And we ain't even gonna talk about the, the, the classic records he made with Jazzy Jeff. You know, once he got into movies also, like a lot of rappers get caught in the movie bug. And oh yeah, by the way, Ludacris almost made this list too. Because I feel like Ludacris is overlooked like a motherfucker. But, you know, sometimes you realize that you not top 50 underrated. You top 100 underrated. But if you want to hear, hear Will Smith at his best, I would look up the track Boom Shake the Room. I would look up the freestyle that he did with Tim Westwood. Because that shit, I was just like, yeah, that nigga underrated. Number 48, Tretch from Naughty by Nature. Now, he almost didn't make the list. But deep down inside, I wanted him to be a part of this because he definitely deserves, like, a bigger look. I mean, I ranked him in my top 50 all time. Now, yes, his whole backs is he doesn't have a solo album, but damn, them Naughty by Nature albums might as well have been solo work because Vinny, you know, the other member of the group, he doesn't rap on every Naughty song, and KG is just the producer who rarely rapped. But Tretch's resume is undeniable. He also won a Grammy too. Like that's crazy that Will Smith and Tretch both won Grammys, but are underrated. And I just feel like Tretch is underrated because not enough peers discuss him. The only person that really discusses him is Eminem. I mean, I see what Marshall would be talking about. Tretch is a a beast. He's a spitter. Tretch at his best, listen to his verse on Red Man Real Niggas, or just listen to Naughty by Nature's greatest hits, shit, easy money, number 47, this man is overlooked for bringing certain slang, uh, uh, and this guy solidifies what hip-hop is truly all about, which is being original being yourself, being authentic, and just doing different things that other rappers are not doing. He hails from Memphis, Tennessee. Number 47, Project Pat. Now, Project Pat is overlooked. The streets love him. The streets give him his his praise. But other rap publications they don't give Project Pat the love that he deserved like even when he was popping magazines would lowball his ratings like they would lowball his ratings 
And I never understood why. I mean, I get it that, you know, these are New York publications who do not understand the South. But, you know, it's just the way that he raps. And then, you know, he's underrated as far as, like, bringing slang into hip-hop. You know, he's getting his due right now, but during his career, you know, he, he, he did, he did, you know, go to jail a couple of times. You know what I'm saying? He did go to jail, but he does have like some classic albums like Mr. Don't Play. Mr. Don't Play is a classic album, hands down. Like laying the smack down. That's a dope ass album too. Getty Green, like Project Pat got some dope shit. Definitely overlooked. Definitely just made the list too, but he definitely needs a little bit more recognition. Number 46. This is another rapper that was commercially successful, but him doing a widely popular TV show slowed down his momentum and his career. Number 46. X to the Z exhibit. Now, when exhibit first came out, the world was like, who the fuck is this guy? And this nigga can rap his motherfucking ass off. Then aligning himself with who I view is the greatest producer of all time. And Dr. Dre definitely enhanced his career as he rapped alongside guys like corrupt Snoop Dogg. Eminem and would hold his own. X got classic albums. Like at the speed of light, Restless, Man vs. Machine. Even Weapons of Mass Destruction had some dope moments. But after um, Pimp My Ride, X wasn't necessarily respected anymore. And that kind of fucked up his reputation because some people feel like Exhibit sold out by doing that show. I don't think he did. The The show was popular, but according to X, he didn't get what he was due for that show. He didn't get paid like he was supposed to. And apparently those businesses that they were using to fuck up all these cars those guys wasn't getting their fair share either, of course. But X, as an MC, he's definitely a top 100 rapper. Based off the uh, resume. Let's move on to number 45. Number 45 is a current rapper that's still rapping to this day, but um, he rose uh, to, um, to the radar and um, I believe it was 2010 on Wiz Khalifa's classic mixtape, uh, Cushion Orange Juice. And him being from a place that only really has one rapper, who also almost made this list too, but I realize he's top 100 underrated, not top 50. 
Number 45, Big Crit. Now, the Meridian, Mississippi rapper, you know, ended up getting a deal at Def Jam and releasing multiple albums on Def Jam. But Big Crit hasn't been able to crack commercially and to sell commercially. But I just think that Crit has a very unique sound. His voice is very similar to uh, Pimp C. He doesn't sound like Pimp C when he rap though. Big Crit is just super lyrical. He's got a lot of classic albums and classic mixtapes as well. Like all of his projects, all his mixtapes, all his albums are really good. If you want to hear Big Crit at his best, listen to Mount Olympus. That's all I really got to say on that. Like, Mount Olympus shows his range and his talent. And then also, Do You Love Me, which is a very creative song. I mean, Forever is a Mighty Long Time. It's one of the best albums of the 2000s and 10s decade, in my opinion. Then Live from the Underground wasn't that bad either. Like, that was a dope-ass album. Catalactica. Like, Crick got some heat. The album he put out last year, uh, Digital Roses Never Die. That was really good. But when we mention rappers, though, why he's underrated is just because he's not mentioned with those people that he came out with. And he's better than a lot of those rappers that came out in his era. He just doesn't get the recognition and doesn't get put on current list enough for my liking, at least. Number 44 is also a rapper who is current, who recently put out his album a couple of weeks ago. And this was a last minute decision because I always felt like this dude was underrated because, again, he falls victim to the same thing that Big Crit falls victim to. This is another rapper that came out in the 2010s that got respect, of course. I mean, he released his classic mixtape in 2012, and he's never looked back. Now, he's one of the, uh, he's another act, a rapper that transitioned into acting, but it hadn't slowed down his skills. And I don't think he gets enough credit for that. Because a lot of rappers that do acting, they put out trash bag albums. But not this guy. Number 44, Joey Badass. Now, Joey Badass, for the skill set that he possesses, he doesn't get enough love for being a top-tier lyricist. I mean, this dude got dope-ass albums. Like, Before the Money, I think that album was underrated. And, you know, 1999 is a classic mixtape. And the sequel to it, 2000, that was released this year, was fire. And then All-American Badass is one of the more slept-on political albums to this day. I think All-American Badass was one of the best albums of the 2010s. Now, number 43, this man made his debut in 1995 for a local record label, 
that had a stable of artists. And he was in a group alongside one of the one of the greatest rappers to ever do it. And then all of a sudden, he began his solo career in 1996. And then he was put in a group with three other New Orleans MCs that called themselves the Hot Boys. Number 43, BG. Now, BG, from a technical standpoint, he should be a top 100 rapper. You know, I'm telling that to myself, <laughs> let alone you guys. I mean, the hood know what's up with BG. Like, niggas in the hood would put BG on, on certain lists and shit. And they give BG his. But I don't think, like, not enough people mention BG. Because he was, uh, and, and I think he's, his career was overlooked. Because obviously, Juvenile was popping. He was probably the most popular artist at the time. And then Lil Wayne ended up being one of the uh, all-time greatest rappers of all time and shit. And BG went um, independent. And his independent career, that's another thing that's overlooked as well. I mean, the original Chopper City, that's a classic. Chopper City in the ghetto. You know, the one that had bling bling on it. Like, BG was a part of a lot of history over at Cash Money. Then Checkmate. I believe Checkmate is one of the most overlooked albums in rap history, in my opinion. And then definitely one of the best produced albums that's overlooked. But as with a lot of cash money artists, BG left in 2002, citing, you know, financial issues. Life After Cash Money And then that Living Legend Double Disc album I love that album You know he had I Want It He had Hottest of the Hot These are hits like After he left Cash Money And then Just as his career was about to take off again He ended up signing With Grand Hustle with T.I. He was going to release his album from the hood to Hollywood. But unfortunately, he got locked up for weapons charges and drug charges. And his parole, once again, was denied. So he still has to uh, remain locked up in prison. So free BG. Number 42. I've always thought this guy was underrated for some reason. I mean, this kid had a had a major hit record in 2000, and you would have thought that he would have blew up after that. But however, he was overshadowed by his crew. Um, number 42, Dragon. Now I know. It's understandable as to why he's underrated, but Dragon can spit fast, slow. And he was an, yet another rapper that transitioned into acting. 
but it didn't fade his skills. You know, Dragon started off as a member of the Rough Riders, like around 1998, alongside DMX, who put him on. And he released the classic song, Down Bottom, from the Rough Riders' Ride or Die, Volume 1 album. And you would think after a big-ass hit like Down Bottom, which can argue is maybe one of the greatest hip-hop songs ever. But, you know, unfortunately, it was a part of the Cash Money wave, more so, that made that song popular, more so than Drag On himself. I mean, unfortunately, in a group with Jada Kiss, Styles P, Sheik Looch, um, even yeah, even Sheik Looch outshined Dragon, unfortunately, and got more attention. But then, you know, as his career started to fade, he started putting out freestyles over popular tracks every week on his YouTube page. Yeah, you gotta check them out, especially. He's, he had his best on that. I got the keys freestyle. And then, of course, you know, he released a, a, a moderate hit in 2003 called Put Your Drinks Down, which is definitely a track I think y'all should check out if y'all want to see why Drag On is so overrated. Number 41. Um, This dude is hella overlooked. He debuted in the late 80s as a flagship artist for a record label. And the reason probably why he's overlooked is, again, he wasn't considered corny like a Will Smith. You know what I'm saying? But he didn't really like do hardcore rap like that. Like he'll get on a track and start spitting he could spit rough but he just came out in an era where you know it was hammer it was him it was will number 41 heavy d now heavy d i think he's a top 100 rapper he's not he's not mentioned enough in you know i see all these rappers list and all these publication lists but Heavy D don't be nowhere to be found. As I say time and time again, what's the difference between Heavy D and Biggie Smalls? I think they're both very skilled rappers. They're both Jamaican. They both have very nice flows. They both can rap fast as hell. They both had commercials, commercially successful albums and hits. I mean, he rose to prominence as a member of the group Heavy D and the Boys. And then he ended up going solo in, I believe, 1997. And he continued success. But as far as I'm concerned, what's underrated about Heavy D is his lyricism. We already know he got the flow. I mean, them Jamaican niggas. It's something about them Jamaican niggas. You know, like Big E, Busta, and Heavy D. Them niggas got some, you know, they got some flow. Shit, them Flatbush zombies, like, and some of them pro-era niggas. And Joey Badass, that's another dude. What is, you know, that's Jamaican. 
Heavy D definitely needs to be mentioned more. Number 40. This was another last minute addition. And I feel like he's not on enough list. Like throughout the 90s and the early 2000s, this nigga was cutting the fuck up. And low key was the treach of the West Coast. Number 40, Be Real from Cypress Hill. Now, Be Real from Cypress Hill is definitely overlooked, not mentioned enough. I mean, he has a very distinct voice. You know exactly who it is when he start rapping. Like, Be Real can spit. And on them Cypress Hill albums, he released a lot of classics, man. And they got a lot of hit records. I mean, from Insane and the Membrane to fucking... How could I just kill a man? The rap superstar. Rap superstar is my shit. And he would hold his own amongst all the other rappers. It wasn't like I ain't never heard Be Real get washed on any record. Maybe with the exception of Hit Him High. That's probably the only record though. Like Be Real ain't never really got outshined. Number 39. Now this, when I bring up this name, a lot of y'all gonna catch a nostalgia, a, a whole major dose of nostalgia. But number not 39, Coolio. Yeah, nigga. A lot of y'all forgot about how nice Coolio used to be, bro. But I feel like he went underrated because, you know, Reared Al Yankovic. Uh, made fun of his song Gangsta's Paradise and a lot of people didn't like his reaction to it because they felt like Coolio was being too sensitive but Coolio felt like Gangsta's Paradise was a very serious record that he really put his all into and for it to be made into a parody he felt like it took away from the message of the song so that's why he was pissed off about that shit but Coolio's another Grammy Award winning artist that is on this list that still doesn't get respected or mentioned enough. Coolio was lyrical as fuck, by the way. Uh, he began his career in a group with rapper Dub C, who eventually ended up joining West Side Connection in 1995. But that's how he got his start, and then he began his solo career in the early 90s. But Coolio can rap his ass off. I mean, he's obviously most known for doing the Keenan and Kel theme song more than anything. And he being heavily associated with Nickelodeon back in the day. That probably could have, um, you know, hurt his case. But he released a lot of dope-ass records, man. He got a lot of hits. Like, from Fantastic Voyage to It's All The Way Live to The Winner to fucking See When You Get There to Too Hot. Coolio's made, uh, is super underrated. Number 38. 
while we were speaking on him, this guy ended up forming a group in the early 90s and then would later on get discovered by Ice Cube to join his group West High Connection, number 38, Dub C. Dub C is the reason why I love hip-hop so much. Because there's nobody, no rapper in history, with maybe the exception of E-40, that sounds like that. Because he has a very different flow. Like, he could be offbeat at times, but, you know, he's on, he's on point. just his lyrical skill level is underrated you know being in west side connection he never really got outshined he held his own with cube and dub c got some um classic albums like ghetto heisman was fire the shadiest one was dope then the album that i feel like that y'all need to check out that's hella underrated that was released and i think i think that was 07 it was called guilty by affiliation like that is an album by dub c that y'all gotta um check out and it's another yet another rapper that transitioned into acting and he and for those that don't know he is the reason why damson idris plays franklin saint so well like, he gave him that West Coast slang and that ability to carry himself like those that came up in the 80s in California. He was uh, Damson Idris's acting coach. But he's a severely underrated rapper. Number 37, coming straight out of Florida. Now, this may be controversial to... So you're, uh, you know, this may be a little bit controversial, but I view this cat as arguably, and I say arguably, I say he's the arguably the best rapper to come out of Florida, in my opinion. Even though I think Denzel Curry is hot on, on his trail, I still think he's probably the best rapper to come out of Florida. Number 37, Ace Hood. Now, Ace Hood made his debut with DJ Khaled. You know, he came out with Cash Flow. And Cash Flow is a, is a classic song. You know, he's also known for his, his other commercial hit, Bugatti. And he, I, I just feel like he didn't get the, he didn't get the commercial success that he deserved. And I also feel like the style that Meek Mill was running with after he ran with Petey Crack style in the beginning of his career, low key, I'm not going to front. I think Ace Hood created the style that uh, Meek Mill uses because they both kind of came out around the same time. Ace Hood definitely with that flow that he has originated that style. Again, Ace Hood is what makes hip hop so great. 
he's original. And then also, he's a very underrated lyricist. And that's why I feel like he's the best rapper out of Florida. You know, he has flow, great skill set, lyrical, makes great songs. He's a, also an underrated songwriter. Like, he's got, I mean, Trials and Tribulations is definitely an album that I would suggest to get the uh, best of Ace Hood. I mean, those Starvation mixtapes. He released some decent albums. I like Ruthless and Gutta. Those albums had some really dope songs on there. Um, Blood, Sweat, and Tears. That's a very underrated and overlooked album by Ace Hood. Number 36. Now, being in a, in, a, in a rap group with another legendary rapper, it's always a member of these groups that get overlooked and get overshadowed, which is weird because, in my opinion, I think he a better rapper than his counterpart, to be honest. But he just never necessarily... I think the reason why overlooked and underrated is because he never had the solo career that his counterpart had and my rapper at number 36 is MJG yeah man the Memphis rapper I mean I ain't gonna lie he has outshined 8-ball on a lot of occasions bruh and he has a, a, a that's another rapper with a very unique voice very unique flow. He can give it to you fast. He can give it to you slow. Pause. I only remember one song that he did by himself. That song, That Girl, back in the day when he sampled Stevie Wonder. That was the only song by MJG that I remember. And I know he released a solo album and shit. But nobody really remembers. Which is crazy to me. Because I feel like MJG does not get the respect that he deserves. And everybody know that nigga nice. I think he nicer than 8-Ball to me. Number 35. Another overlooked Southern rapper who throughout the late 90s was making his waves throughout Houston, Texas. He's overlooked because I feel like um, his debut album, commercially, is a classic, hands down. Number 35, Slim Thug. Slim Thug is overlooked as an MC. I think his lyrical ability is more so overlooked than anything. We all know that he's dope. We all know that he makes great songs. We already know Already Platinum is a classic album. He 
know, because he, you know, ended up signing to Pharrell's Star Trek label. I think it was like a one album deal. And that album was heavily bootleg. And a lot of the songs that leaked on that album was dope as hell. And I also feel like even as far as Houston rappers, he's overlooked. Because I feel like Lil, uh, I feel like uh, Lil Kiki, Paul Wall, Mike Jones, UGK, they get their recognition. Trade the Truth. I think Trade the Truth gets more recognition than Slim Thug does. Which is kind of insane. Because Slim Thug's really dope. I mean, obviously, he's most known for still tipping. Which ended up being Mike Jones's song. Because on Still Tipping, he has a classic verse. Number 34. This rapper hails from Dallas, Texas. And he, he released his debut album in the late 80s. His classic debut album that was entirely produced by Dr. Dre. Number 34, The D.O.C. Now, unfortunately, in the same year that he released his album, he suffered an accident that crushed his vocal cords. So he wasn't able to talk the same or rap the same. And a lot of people didn't take him serious because of his voice. And he, beca he became a critically acclaimed ghostwriter for Dr. Dre, especially on his debut album, The Chronic. But I think DOC does not get enough recognition. I mean, there was a celebration that was held for him recently as he came out to tell his story. I just think from a lyrical standpoint, and the crazy part is DOC, like, did not cuss that much at all he tried to separate himself from nwa by not cursing so much on no one could do it better the only song that i think he cursed on was um the grand finale but other than that he just really wanted to show how skilled and how dope he was by not even cursing Obviously, on his later work, that would change. Number 33. Now, my thing is, how you gonna overlook the first female solo artist to ever do this thing? How can she be overlooked? Well, I mean, you know, it was because that she wanted to battle, battle everybody and was beefing with everybody. I mean, she even got into a classic beef with KRS-One. But she was fearless, and she is hella overlooked. Number 33, Roxanne Shantae. Now, 
Now, Roxanne came out in the mid-80s. You know, responding to a track called Roxanne, Roxanne, which sparked over 80 responses, ladies and gentlemen. Like, like it or not, this lady contributed to hip-hop. She made hip-hop competitive. Now... Kumo D might have like started the battle rapping aspect, but Roxanne Chante bought more beefs and more battles into rap. And she kept it strictly on record. You know, because of a lot, a lot of people that she battled respect her because they stepped up. But I feel like she was hella overlooked. If you want to hear the best of Roxanne Shante, you got to check out the song Big Mama. Oof. She is ridiculous. And I also reviewed her on, you know, my top uh, 25 female rappers. And I think I ranked her number 11. Because her solo career didn't go as well in the 90s as it did in the 80s. Number 32, this rapper, again, is an original. He bought that pimp shit into rap. He's basically Don Magic Wand on the mic. He's basically Donald Goins on the mic. And no, I'm not talking about Too Short. Too Short was talking shit. This dude was talking pimpology. Number 32, Sugar Free. Now, Sugar Free has a classic rap album called Street Gospel that was entirely produced by G DJ Quick. Like, On My Way is a classic. Don't Know Suckers Live Here is a classic song. Why you bullshitting? I'd rather give you my bitch. Like, these songs is what made Sugar Free Sugar Free. And when he gets on a track, you know it's that nigga. Like, he even went viral this year for a song called Free Game, which jettisoned him back into the spotlight. He's also on Snoop Dogg's uh, Back on Death Row Tour. Like His debut album Street Gospel Is near and dear to a lot of Real hip hop heads hearts Especially on the west coast Number 31 She hails from Virginia Definitely overlooked As far as female rappers And Skill wise you know she didn't want to be mentioned with other female rappers. She wanted to be mentioned with niggas. And this is yet another rapper that transitioned into a decent acting career. 
Number 31, the Lady of Rage. Lady of Rage is overlooked. I mean, Afro Puffs was her biggest hit, but she continuously kept getting overlooked by her own label in Death Row Records. This is another rapper that's also on the back on Death Row Tour. But Lady of Rage is rugged. She's raw. She's held her own on all of those old school records back in the day. But unfortunately, her solo career didn't go as well. And by the time she released her debut album in 1997, the label pretty much folded shortly after the release of that album. Number 30. Yet another West Coast legend who released multiple classic albums but never got any recognition. But my question is why? Because there's a lot of people I know that fuck with this nigga like heavy. People on every coast that like this guy music. Even though Maybe it was the fact that his music was considered one-dimensional, which I think is false. I think he did conscious rap music. You know what I'm saying? But, I, you know, his his main bread and butter was hardcore gangster rap. And the rapper that I chose for number 30 is Spice motherfucking One. Spice One made his debut in 1991 with his self-titled debut album. And Spice One was a straight up menace to rap. Like this dude, there there isn't many, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> rappers that can talk about killing the way that this nigga talked about killing. I mean, this nigga got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 albums. Like, I mean, to be honest, his first four albums are classic albums to me. Like, Welcome to the Ghetto. Like, fucking um, sticking to the G-code. Strap on the side is so fucking catchy, bro. Like, this dude has some classic singles. And he, I think he's just overlooked. Peace to my nine. Oh, yeah. Trigger got no heart. Oh, man. And from what I heard, Tupac was inspired by his line, you know, I wonder if heaven got a ghetto on one of his songs. That inspired him to write, you know, I wonder if heaven got a ghetto. Jealous Got Me Strap was dope as well. Nigga sings the blues like sheesh. Anyway, moving.
on. Number 29, he has a classic debut album. And he is a member of one of with whom I view as the greatest rap group in history, in my opinion. This man hails from Brooklyn, New York. Number 29, the Jizza, the genius. Yeah, man, the genius is nice. Nice. Like he did release, you know, his debut album on Tommy Boy, which had moderate success. But once he ended up joining the Wu-Tang Clan, that's when he got his his success from. Now, he released his debut album, Liquid Swords, which is widely considered a hip-hop classic album. And Jizza is nice. I like the way that he raps, you know, because he always is telling a story. When he's rapping, like the way that he can break down a story is what made him so new, unique in, in the Wu-Tang Clan. Like, dude was a spitter, especially like on that first Wu-Tang album. When he did Clan in the front, I was like, this nigga nice. Like, dude nice as hell. Number 28, Freeway. Oh, man. Soon as we heard that verse on 1900 Hustler, we knew that Freeway had arrived. I also feel like Freeway should have had a way better career than he ended up having. But, you know, during the prime of his career, you know, I think he was having kidney issues. Like, let me tell you something. Philadelphia Freeway is one of the greatest rap albums ever. It's a top 100 hip-hop album. That's another album that I did not see on that top 250 hip-hop albums list. was Philadelphia Freeway. That album, produced by Kanye and Just Blaze, solidified Freeway as one of the up-and-coming spitters. I mean, his classic hit, What We Do, will always be remembered as one of the greatest songs in rap history. And I'm not saying that shit just to say that shit. Everybody knows as soon as that do-do-do-do-do-do-do, this shit for my kids, nigga. As soon as you hear that, motherfuckers go crazy. We still hustle from the, we'll still hustle from the, till the sun come up. I feel like he's underrated and overlooked though. Number 27. Another member of the uh, rap group, the Wu-Tang Clan. Another one. His lyricism is well respected by the community, but he didn't have the solo catalog that the other group members have. Number 27, Inspected Deck. Inspected Deck, man, the way that he did Triumph, his verse on Triumph, is considered one of the greatest verses of all time. 
Now, he released his debut album in 1999, Controlled Substance, to minimal fanfare, though, because his debut album got destroyed in Riz's basement, as you've seen on the Wu-Tang Clan uh, show. But Inspector Deck's lyrical ability makes him very underrated with his talent. Number 26. Another member of an overlooked rap group that never got the uh, the commercial success that they deserved. Even though his solo albums don't hit like his verses do. But I still think that this dude is still an underrated rapper. The world knows this. Number 26, Joel Ortiz. Joel Ortiz is one rapping ass nigga. That's all I can really say about him. I mean, if you want to hear him at his best, listen to those Slaughterhouse albums. There's a lot of times that he outshined Royce and Joe Button. Ortiz is definitely really a real ass MC. Like what he did this year with Crooked Eye, what he's doing with Crooked Eye right now in that rap group with him, I think they should continue to do albums together. I know like a, a lot of real hip hop heads are missing Slaughterhouse. Number 25, straight out of the LBC, making his debut in the late 90s as an original member of the group, the Eastsiders, which was later on, the lineup ended up changing for some reason. Some reasons unknown. This dude is one of the greatest lyricists to ever get on the mic. And he was also a member of Slaughterhouse who had, who had had standout verses on those songs. Number 25, Crooked Eye. Or, or, or he's going by King Crooked these days. Now, he hasn't had necessarily the best solo career, nor has released any of the best albums. But that still doesn't matter because, I mean, from a technical standpoint, he could be, from an underground standpoint, a, a top 100 rapper. Based off skill alone. To hear the best of him, just listen to him rap. That's all I got to say on that. Number 24. This is a rapper that debuted in the mid-90s from Queens, New York. I, I mean, from Brooklyn, New York. My bad. He debuted on the greatest album of all time. And then the year after that, he released his own classic album in 1995 called Do or Die. 
Number 24, AZ. Now, AZ, I don't know if he got his name from the character uh, from Paid in Full. I, I mean, that's how maybe I would assume that, but I don't know. But AZ is one of the greatest rappers to ever do this. Especially from a lyrical standpoint, he released a dope-ass album last year called Do Outdoor Die 2, which was the sequel. But that album, Do or Die, it's no skips. Like, this dude's... The, the dude is nice. Like, his lyrical ability is somewhat unmatched. And he has, has a decent catalog of albums. You know, because he ended up, he was coming up under Nas. Number 23, straight out of Houston, Texas. This dude is, is overlooked like hell. Like, obviously, you come up, and, and he was also in the group with Trade the Truth as well. Number 23, Zero. Now, Zero is nice, bro. I'm not going to hold y'all. That nigga, I mean, I may not be familiar with all of his music. I haven't listened to all this man's albums, but every time I've heard Zero rap, I was impressed. And not enough people mention him, even in his own city, like, I mean, yes, you know, he has the classic song, Mo City Don. But, like, none of his work is mentioned enough. I just feel like Zero needs a little bit more attention. Now, my favorite Zero song is Tired. Like, that's a really good song that I definitely suggest y'all check out. And then Zero also, to be honest with you, he, he kind of like originated that style that fucking Mo3 was doing. Because, you know, Zero would, would, would step out and sing, too. I mean, he's on, also on the classic song, Get Throw, doing the hook. And I just like Zero's skill set. Very original. Number 22. Now, this guy came out in the mid-2000s all on DJ Clue mixtapes. The Jersey rapper, you know, currently right now as it stands, he's dropping consistently. And as of the beginning of last year, he had began releasing albums. And then, you know, he re-released his uh, his uh, classic mixtape, Pain and Glory, to streaming services. And looking back at Pain and Glory, that's one of the best mixtapes that I've ever heard. Hands down. And I feel like Ransom is severely overlooked.
like I said, it's just that lyrical ability for me. He's definitely currently one of the best lyricists in rap right now. Like Heavy is the Head, the album where he uh, did the Seven Deadly Sins, the project that he released this year, No Rest for the Wicked. Like people definitely need to get hip on Ransom right now. Number 21, this man debuted in 1997 on one of the best rap albums of all time, No Way Out, and this Harlem rapper was in a group with uh, G. Depp and Petey Pablo called The Alumni that was never really released. He started in 1995, ghostwriting for P. Diddy. Number 21, Black Rob. Black Rob is overlooked. Like, Black Rob was nice, and he had somewhat of a funny personality. Despite having one of the worst upbringings ever known to man, like, this dude was homeless. And even when he got famous and his career slowed up, he was homeless again. Like, he basically died homeless, unfortunately. But I'm just saying that I ain't forgot how nice Black Rob was. Especially, like, on, you know, you know, Black Rob has one of the greatest hip-hop songs of all time in Woe. And he released his classic debut album, Life Story, in 2000. And then the Black Rock Report is one of the most underrated albums of all time. Definitely worthy of checking that one out. Yeah, rest in peace to Black Rob, though, man. Number 20. She was a rapper who technically debuted in the late 90s. In a Chicago-based rap group, Infamous Syndicate, who ironically, you know, was produced by Kanye West. But the crazy part about this shit is Kanye did not assist in getting her a deal. She was discovered by Ludacris. And was on the classic hip-hop song in 2000, What's Your Fantasy? And then, three years later, she was able to step out and embark on a solo career. Number 20, Shauna. Man, Shauna is one spitting-ass nigga. Some view her as the female twister. Even though the brat might might have something to say about that. But Shauna, with her fast-paced flow... And her underrated songwriting and storytelling ability definitely had a light little run before she was blackballed by the industry. You know, she's the daughter of a blues singer. And her debut album, Worth the Wait, in my opinion, is underrated as hell. And then her her, her follow-up album, Block Music, 
which contained the classic hip-hop song, Getting Some Head, was also overlooked. And it just doesn't seem like she got the proper recognition that she deserved. made his debut in the classic hip-hop group Gangstar and never looked back. Number 19, Guru. For him to be in a group with one of, with who I consider a top five hip-hop producer of all time, he doesn't appear on many rap lists. Not even East Coast niggas. And Guru from Gangstar is severely underrated. You know, from lyrical ability to songwriting ability to punchlines, Guru from Gangstar had it all. And he showcased that on those Gangstar albums. I mean, Primo didn't rap, so those pretty much served as, you know, solo albums because the other nigga and the group did not rap at all. It was rapper and a DJ. Old school style. Yeah, man. Guru definitely deserves his flowers. You know, that's another rapper that unfortunately passed away. Yeah, but Guru, man, he done held his own amongst the best niggas in hip-hop. Number 18. This man is a part of one of the five best hip-hop groups of all time. And I also feel like he's very overlooked. Number 18. Fight Dog. Man. Now Fife made his debut in the, in 1990. Well, well, when was Buddy released? Was it 89 or 90? I think it was 89 on on Buddy. As a member of the group Trap Called Quest, Fife Dog would hold his own alongside Q-Tip. He wouldn't necessarily have the best solo career, but he did release his second album, which was Posthumous, this year. And it turned out to be very, very good. But his contribution as a member of Tribe Called Crest will be remembered forever. And not to mention, his rapping ability is second to none. He would hold his own alongside the rap's elite. Number 17. This guy here is severely overlooked. When you are signed to a record label like TDE, 
a lot of your efforts are going to go unnoticed. Meaning that alongside your peers such as Schoolboy Q, J-Rock, Kendrick Lamar, SZA, you're subject to get lost in the shuffle. Number 17, Absol. Now Absol, the reason why Absol doesn't get the recognition that he deserves is probably because of what he raps about. You know, he one of them third out rap niggas, you know what I'm saying? He, he's a conscious rapper, but not necessarily conscious. You know, he's a spiritual rapper. Let me say that, he's a spiritual rapper. He'll say some shit that will have you like, man, I ain't trying to hear this shit. But Absol got some classic albums, especially Control System. That album was great. And then these days, that's one of the most underrated rap albums ever. But Absol also holds his own alongside Schoolboy Q, J-Rock, and Kendrick. And he can switch his flow up. Definitely one of the uh, better talents on this list. Number 16. Hailing from Detroit, Michigan. A West Side nigga at that. This dude, lyrical ability is severely overlooked. And in my opinion, in my opinion, I feel like he's... He maybe could be a top 100 lyricist, in my opinion, with the stuff that he spit. Making his debut on the 2001 album, Devil's Night, by B12, number 16, Obi Trice. Obi Trice is severely underrated. He released his classic debut album in 2003 called Cheers. Now, being on a roster with 50, with Eminem, with D12, with Stat Quo, somehow you can be lost in the shuffle. But I think Obi stood out because he has a very different flow. Obi Trice don't sound like nobody. This is yet another original rapper. To me, to me. And then, you know, also underrated storytelling ability. Like the song Mama, the song Obi Story, you know, the song, um, like this dude, You know, Second Rounds on Me, I think both of those albums, Cheers and Second Rounds on Me, are classic albums. I think it's just the way that he puts together his uh, haikus and rhyme schemes. I think that's what makes him stand out. Number 15. This rapper debuted in 1993 on... The compilation album Murder Was The Case alongside Snoop Dogg on a record 
called 21 Jump Street. He would also later join the rap group LBC Crew in 1995. Even though the founder of LBC Crew said that he was more so a featured artist than an actual group member. Then in the year 1999, he would join a group with Goldie Loke and Snoop Dogg called the East Siders. Number 15, Trey D. Trey D is overlooked, yeah, in my opinion, as, as far as, you know, niggas don't be saying that nigga Trey D nice. Like, I can understand, like, just listen to the rhyme scheming and the wordplay. And the bars. Like, he always stood out on those East Side of songs. Like, I always just like, and like, he one of my favorite rappers. Like, he would definitely make my 100 favorite rappers list, for sure. But he's also underrated as far as West Coast rappers. He's not mentioned with the Kendricks, the YGs, the, uh, the Snoop Dogs, and, I, and the Corrupts, and the Dazzes. He's up there with them, in my opinion. And also on the Back on Death Row Tour as well. Number 14. This dude... Um, when I first heard him, at least, debuted as a member of the group Black Moon, and he was also in a group called the Boot Clamp Camp Click that contained members such as Helter Skelter, um, what's the other boys? Ah, damn, I, Smith and Wesson, that's who I was thinking about. Number 14, Buckshot. I think Buckshot's an underrated rapper. I mean, listen to the debut album by Black Moon. He was well-respected in the 90s, but once the millennium hit, hit he was kind of like forgotten. You know, you would hear him on those Duck Down compilation albums because that was a record label that housed all those rappers in uh, the boot camp clip. But Buckshot had bars. And it's a shame that he hasn't necessarily gotten the recognition for just being dope. Number 13, a rapper who debuted in the mid-90s as uh, DJ Premier was his main producer. This is a dude that got into a battle with Biggie. If Biggie felt like this dude was worthy of responding to, you know, because you'll hear the disses towards him on, on kicking the door. Like, you can hear, like, Biggie, like, throwing subs at this dude on that song. Number 13, J. Rude Damager. Now, if you listen to The Sun Rises in the East, that's probably one of the most underrated uh, underrated albums in rap history. I wasn't necessarily a fan of his other work, 
But you can't stop the profit. Definitely one of the most, one of the best hip hop songs I've ever heard. And come clean, come clean is a classic beat. And and J Rooted Damage just ripped that beat to pieces. But he was definitely overlooked in his era because obviously the 90s was loaded with talent and artists that somebody like J. Rude Damager would be, you know, overlooked. Number 12. This man debuted in 1999 on a track called The Funeral. Alongside his brother, but the album would be be shelved. And then when you have a brother that is widely popular, it's kind of easy to get overlooked. I mean, but he was in a, a great rap group that released three classic albums in a row who eventually ended up leaving the game for a while before returning and releasing his debut album number 12 no malice malice from clips you know when he was in clips this dude was a spitter spitter He's your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Malice would hold his own alongside Pusha T. But Malice isn't necessarily a commercial artist. But he's known more for Christian rap, basically. Like I would, I would listen to the album "Hear Ye Him," and uh, uh, what's the name of his? Oh, "Let the Dead Bury the Dead." Those are the two albums that I would suggest you listen to to show why No Malice is very underrated, definitely overlooked. I loved Malice, man. Definitely one of my favorite rappers for show. Number eleven. He's currently one of the best ghostwriters in the game. Ghostwriting for Kanye and Travis Scott. But as an artist though, I feel like he's overlooked. He's had many classic mixtapes and his debut album is a certified classic. Number 11, Psy High to Prince. Honestly, bro, like Psy High maybe one of the 10 best rappers to come out of Atlanta. I could definitely put him on that type of a, a hierarchy. And Saha's just a spitting ass nigga. Like even on um, So Appalled, records like that, right? He shined alongside Pusha T, Jay-Z, RZA, Like, even in that cypher, 
But I always felt like he was the stepchild of good music. That's probably why he ended up having uh, an independent career. But Sai Had a Prince lyrically definitely highly slept on. Number 10, debuting on uh, Puff Daddy's 1999 album, Forever. This guy was a hidden talent. But a drug problem would slow down his career. And then a few years ago, he ended up turning himself in for a murder that he did 25 years ago. Number 10, G. Depp. G. Depp was a rapping ass nigga. Like every song that he was on, he would body it nine times out of 10. Like his true debut to the spotlight came in 2001 on the popular hit record, Let's Get It, where he had three verses on there. Like, and then when he remade um, Microphone Fiend by Rakim, The Dauphine, I was like, this nigga is incredible. Like, Child of the Ghetto is a heavily overlooked album. Is it a classic? I'm not sure. But was it an impressive album? Yes, it was. And it's unfortunate that he never got a chance to release a second album due to the fact that he signed a horrible contract with Bad Boy. But G. Depp was a hidden talent. Like, the best of him, I mean, then, not to mention Special Delivery, which everybody in their mama know, when you hear that beat, it's over. Yeah, G. Depp, man. Free G. Depp, man. Jesus. Number nine, speaking of free, this man was recently released from prison after serving basically damn near 20 years in jail for a crime that he didn't commit. He was signed to No Limit in the late 90s and was considered by many a southern version of Nas which was a very crazy comparison, but it may be true. Number nine, Mac. Mac is super underrated. Like his, his debut album, Shell Shock, is a classic album. And his second album wasn't no slouch either. But unfortunately, in the prime of his career, he ended up going to, to jail. And... And it stunted his growth, unfortunately. But Macadon was the lyrical assassin. And he was the, the first artist to have lyrics, his lyrics used against him in court. Shit is crazy. Number eight. Yet another rapper from the group the Wu-Tang Clan who I feel like is very under and harshly underrated. Like you can tell in the Vlad interviews, like 
you'll be like, why this nigga so mad all the time? But here's the thing about truth-telling niggas. When niggas tell the truth and be honest, a lot of take a lot of people take that as hate, anger, or people think that they have a vendetta. And that's not necessarily true. You got at number eight. Hey, you got to spit, bro. It's just that his solo albums just didn't do it for the world. And I feel like if you got would have came out when he was supposed to, I think he would have been able to have a stable career. But his debut album, Golden Arms Redemption, is underrated. But that Mr. Excitement album, oh my God. I suggest you never listen to that album, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to Golden Arms Redemption, man. But I feel like you guys overlooked. I don't even think he's the weakest rapper in the Wu-Tang Clan. But that nigga nice. Like, all you got, if you want to hear the best of him, listen to Wu-Tang forever. He's all over that album. Number seven. The question is, when it comes to this artist, how can you be in one of the five greatest rap groups and be underrated? Here's why. Most of your discography is EPs. And you came out in an era where, um, you know, EPs was the thing to do for your record label to push your buzz up. Number seven, MC Ren. Ren is hella underrated. Like, Kiss My Black Ass was a dope-ass album. His solo work isn't highly as highly regarded as maybe a Cube, an Easy, and a Dre. But MC Ren is a nice rapper. He's nice. And I just feel like he's not mentioned amongst West Coast artists. He's not mentioned enough as like one of the greatest artists to ever do it. Ren held his own on every occasion. Like Ren. He never really got outshined in N.W.A. Shit, he was writing some of the records for N.W.A. And some of the verses for N.W.A. Like, his, his best verses was on Chin Check by N.W.A. Hello by Ice Cube. How oh, the irony special delivery would come on, right? Funny. But, um, Ren is definitely deserving of a lot of recognition for being a pioneer in rap. Number six, this man debuted in 1991 as one half of the group Organized Confusion. They would go on to drop three albums together before this man pursued a solo career and his debut album came out in 1999, containing a, yet another classic hip-hop song called Simon Says. Number six, Pharaoh Monch. Pharaoh Monch is a top 100 rapper. He was on, he's in my top 100 for sure. 
Pharaoh has a very unorthodox flow. But his lyrical ability is superior. He's a top 25 lyricist. Hands down. Like, We Are Renegades. I feel like that album is slept on by him. Desire. I think that album is slept on by niggas. And then he also appeared alongside Nate Dogg and Most Def on the classic hip-hop song, Oh No. So he has been a part of hip-hop history. He's just completely overlooked and overshadowed by, you know, because he's from that, he's cut from that Most Def, Black Thought, Common, Talib, Kweli, Cloth, but he doesn't get the same love as those other four guys. Oh, Black Thought, too, as well. I mean, he's known as a conscious rap nigga. But to be a part of so much hip-hop history and to not even be mentioned, and a lot of people don't know who the fuck he is, that's underrated, ladies and gentlemen. But number five, he's a current rapper. But he doesn't get the recognition. You know, this is another guy who can rap his ass off that's not getting the recognition that I feel like he deserves in this era. Like, I heard him, you know, someone presented me his song called Black Boy, White Boy. I think that was like four or five years ago. Maybe six years ago, right? And... I was impressed, but I wanted to hear more. So when I heard that he was releasing his debut album called Return of the Cool, I was like, okay, let's see what this nigga talking about. And this nigga was nice. Some people knew about him because all of the guys that I listened to would feature dude on it on their albums. But again, like I don't think he's getting the recognition that he deserves. And this year he released an experimental album. Number five, Nick Grant, the South Carolina product. He is one of the more overlooked artists in this generation. The nigga nice. Like his albums, Return of the, the, the Return of the Cool. I think this is a classic album in my opinion. It's just very, very skilled rapping. I like uh, Dreaming Out Loud. Now this album, I considered one of the best albums released in the 2010s decade. Dreaming Out Loud has the perfect balance of conscious rapping and, and, and trap music. It's the perfect blend of both. And he just reminds me like of J. Cole a little bit. Like he, re he released an experimental album. I forget the name of the album. But he interpolated elements of the 2000s Southern rap. Basically, it sounded like a Dungeon Family album. 
And, and this just shows right here, like how versatile Nick Grant really is, and how much how much more attention that he deserves right now. Number four, she released her debut album, and I think it was the year 1999, as she was signed to Busta Rhymes Flip Mode Squad label. Number four, Rod Digger. Rod Digger is nice. I feel like she is severely slept on by not only as a female MC, but as a rapper in general. Like these are people with really nice skill sets that don't get don't get enough um, recognition or respect for what they bring to the table. And her and Busta made a good team. It's just that signing to a rapper sometimes could be your downfall. Like, and it was a shame that she was she wasn't able to release her second album. But Dirty Harriet, amongst the hip-hop elites, is considered a classic. You know, she was also a member of the group The Outsiders. Yet another Jersey rapper, eh? Jersey. Number three. Yet another underrated female rapper that does not get the recognition that she deserves. She came on the underground scene in the, in the mid-2000s with her albums This Week and Genius. Jean Grey, my number three artist, is a rapper that I feel like is super overlooked. Skill set alone. I feel like Jean Grey walked so that Rhapsody could run. Because that's who I feel like in this generation is similar to Jean Grey. But Jean Grey not only could rap her ass off, but she was different. She wasn't trying to look like every female. She wasn't trying to sound like every fe female rapper. She never necessarily promoted sexuality in her raps. Like, she just got right to it. <clears throat> you know... You know, a, a rapper that didn't make my list in Remy Ma, I, feel, I don't feel like she's underrated. I feel like she gets the respect that she's deserved. But I feel like, you know, maybe Jean Grey's ability and wanting to stand out so bad kind of slowed her up from getting the recognition that she deserves. But as far as I'm concerned, she doesn't care. She's going to do the songs that she want to do and not give a fuck about what you think. Now, she did release an album with her husband that was really, really dope, in my opinion. Number two. He debuted in the mid-2000s and is like in that hierarchy and is somewhat considered a conscious rap nigga, is considered like a pharaoh, like a most deaf, like a black thought, like a Talib, and he was in a prominent group in the underground that was getting a lot of love. Not having the commercial success as they should. Number two, Fonte. Fonte.
Dante is one of the most underrated rappers in rap history. And he's very, very talented. Not only a talented rapper, but a talented singer as a member of the group's little brother in the Foreign Exchange. Those Foreign Exchange albums are really overlooked and underrated. And as a member of Little Brother, he was able to release, I think, four or five albums with them. I think it was four albums. Like The Listening, classic. Like Left Back, classic. Um, The Minstrel Show, definitely a classic album. Definitely an overlooked and underrated album to me. But Fonte's lyrical ability, songwriting, singing, he's a pure fucking talent. And then he ended up releasing two solo albums of his own. No News is Good News. And what I view as one of my 10 favorite albums ever, Charity Starts at Home. Let me tell you something. Charity Starts at Home is a very great album. I highly suggest it because it definitely showcases the best qualities of Fonte from Little Brother. Number one, this artist hails from Detroit, Michigan. And no, I'm not putting him number one because he's from here. I'm putting him number one because as far as a lyrical standpoint, he's very top tier. He could argue for top 10, top 15, greatest lyricist of all time. He's that fucking good. And he debuted on Jay Dilla's debut album in 1999. Number one, Elzai. Elzai is severely overlooked. He was a member of the group Slum Village in the mid-2000s. He was on the classic hip-hop song Selfish and Tainted. So he was a part of hip-hop history. Whether you like it or not. But Elzai, I'm trying to remember what year this was that this came out. I think this was 2008. Elzai ended up remaking the album Illmatic and called it Elmatic and made it sound updated and refreshing. You know how some people try to remake albums and rewrite history and they fail? Elzai did not fail. It got major recognition from even Nas himself. Like Elmatic was a really great project. Then he ended up having solo music of his own. Like the preface. And he released a project this year called Zeitgeist. That was really fucking dope this year. Lead Poison. 
Lead poison was crazy. Hella underrated. And then just his work with Slum Village alone on Trinity, Detroit, Delhi, self-titled album, Slum Village, Villa Manifesto. Like, listen to Elzai's verse on Zoom and 1-2. That would showcase the best of Elzai to me. But yeah, that's my show. I know it's a little long, but I had to describe and explain why all of these artists are considered underrated. But this is King Known Uncensored, the top 50 most underrated, out, uh, underrated rappers of all time. And I'm going.